sorry I'm late. Sorry I was a little late yeah. this morning. Uh, I was at the Starbucks. Okay. Right right yeah. here. Beautiful Starbucks in Mount Prospect. Right. I got here a little early. Yeah. So I got you a cup of coffee. Very You're nice. welcome, you. by the way. You owe me six bucks. <laughs> All right. So, so for plain black coffee, wow, it really is outrageous there. So I sat down because I had a few minutes and there was a guy next to me working on his computer. And, okay. he, and he says, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Can you watch my computer? Okay. Like, sure. And that's where you got that laptop? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So I said, sure. Now, when anybody asks me to do that, yeah. I am like on alert. Sure. Right. Exactly. You know, I am, I'm like racially profiling everybody in the store. Like, don't touch this guy's computer. I got my eye on you. I'm looking at you. He's, he's trusting me <laughs> right. to watch this. I know. I mean, I seriously, I couldn't do any work. So, so I'm watching this. Is it, you know, I got my eye on the computer, yeah. and he's gone for five minutes. I'm like, all right, well. Okay. Right, dropping a deuce. Okay. Then he's gone for ten minutes. <laughs> he's pulling a stern. <laughs> okay, right, right. I'm known to do this, right? And then 15 minutes goes by. I'm like, I got to I gotta go to the studio. I mean, I got to go to Rick's. And I started worrying about him. I'm like, is he okay? Yeah. What right. if he's got some sort of, you know, right. digestive issues? <laughs> right. So, so I'm st- and I don't, what do you do? Do I just keep, I can't leave? Yeah. This right. is not a lifetime commitment. <laughs> I figured you meant like three minutes. Right. So he comes back at like the 20th minute and he kind of nods. He goes, thanks. And then inside I'm like, I need some explanation here as to why <laughs> you owe me some sort of explanation. Did he give it to you? No. I, well, I didn't ask. It was in my head. Ah. But. Okay. Well, hey, Minutia Man is up next. (laughs) But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. What century is it, Steve? Well, according to you, it's still 50 years ago. But that's not a bad thing, because some wonderful things happened in that 20th century, as you recall. And some riveting things, some fascinating things, some incredible things happened on Back to You. Unfortunately, it's not on this one. (laughs) Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. But some great things do happen, and it's worth listening to. Oh, you really sold it. Check it out. Back to you. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Back again. Yeah, you know, Rick, yeah. getting a little sick of seeing you this week. Yeah, this is too much. How many times have we seen well, each other we had... Twice. This is twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Are you going to be okay? <laughs> well, no, we also... Okay, I guess the... Um, exposure to you because we had brec- or we had lunch on Wednesday. Yeah, with with our, with, with our good buddy Rich King. Yes, and then on Thursday we did an interview with WGN on on the phone with our buddy Phil Manicki. Right, I think you're you're destroying the illusion because that's going to be on the air on Saturday. Yeah, it's when, a, it's, you know. it's peek behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, so and again now we're together, but certainly want to shout out to Phil Manicki. Yeah, who had, Phil's a great guy. We've known him for. Since college, so what, four years ago, five years yeah. ago? Uh, yeah, times 10. <laughs> and uh, no, we like to, he's a great, anybody listening in the Chicago area, Phil Manicki is great. So Yeah, he's sure. doing, I think, Saturday afternoon on mm-hmm. WGN mm-hmm. over the 4th of July holiday. It's, a, it's I think it's my second time on with mm-hmm. him at WGN. And he and I used to, um, I was on the air before him every day when we were on uh, the radio in mm-hmm. Champaign. And so I was on from nine to noon and he was on from 
12 to 3. Mm-hmm. And every day he'd come in and get pissed off at me because I played the Beatles. Yeah. And he's and we had a rule that you couldn't play the same artist, uh, you know, more than yeah. you know every six hours or something like that. And, and he'd be like, "Again, so I never get to play the effing Beatles, never, <laughs> not a single time." Uh, because we had to make room for the three o'clock, the three o'clock and midnight oil. And uh, but you know, they'd be thinking back on it uh, to DJs in Chicago. Yes, we picked our own records. Yeah, which never, right. Which, you know, I, that well, was the best part of being a DJ then. But wasn't it like our last year or two, we went to that format, Formax right. thing, and yeah. then you had no, you had like one elective. Yeah, and, and you know, I was the program director for a year, and then I stayed an extra semester. And our friend Mike Bramel, who I think is a listener of this show yeah. occasionally, he came on afterwards, and he was the program director, and he instituted that Formax uh, thing. And uh, we'd get one song an hour that we got to pick. And I had a key to the record library because I had been uh, the program director the year before. And I was playing stuff off uh, out of the record library. He came to me and he said, I need that. I need that key back. (laughs) Well, if I would have had that key, I would have. It would have been Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast by Pink Floyd. Yeah. uh, Sweet Papa John, a 17 minute. uh, Yes. All right. Well, we got a show to do. Oh, we got a uh, lot. Lots of stuff coming up. So let's uh, get to the audio here. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. You know, Rick, as you know, I'm a bit of a prankster. Yes, you are. Okay. I, I, I was known to pull a few monkey shines <laughs> on my mates back in the day. Okay. I've never heard that term before, but okay. I checked out the source.com before. Uh, So I'm a good, uh, you know, I'm a good, I'm a fan of a good old fashioned harm, you know, harmless tomfoolery. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell am I talking to right now? And I feel I should give credit where credit is due. And I want to throw out some, some heartfelt kudos to Patricia and Manuel Oliver from Parkland, Florida. Okay. Okay. The Olivers, sadly, are the parents of Joachim Oliver, or Joachim, I guess, who was tragically killed in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in 2018. I feel like this can be really wacky. This story sounds like it's going to be really wacky. Right. There's going to be a little wacky here. Um, And they founded Change the Ref, which is an organization uh, that works to reduce the influence of the NRA and to promote that or to, you know, that controversial right. uh, issue yeah. of stopping high school shootings, right? <laughs> right exactly. Uh, so what they did, which I think is just brilliant, they planned a fake high school graduation in Las Vegas, okay, uh, for James Madison High School. Sounds like a legit school. Right, right, absolutely. And invited former NRA president and current board member David Keene to deliver the commencement speech. Okay. Okay. And, and and they said, you know, we want to focus on Second Amendment rights. Right, because that would be a very appropriate topic for, for a high, high school, school graduation. Right. So they told and they told Keen that he needed to arrive a day early, though, because we wanted to test out the audio and visual, you know, yeah, stuff. Yeah. We've got a guy named Rick Kempfer behind the board, and we just want to make sure that everything is okay, right? Uh, oh, that Rick Kempfer, yeah, I'll be there. Right. We make it a week, and. Yeah. So they and and they also told him, hey, do us a favor and wear your commencement gown that we sent you. I guess they sent him uh, for the rehearsal. I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he shows up. Excuse me. So he arrives. He arrives a day early. Checks into his hotel. You know, 
And he goes to the venue, which is like a small little stadium in Las Vegas. And there were 3,044 empty chairs. That's a very specific number. Well, I'll tell you why. Um, He did not know that it was 3,044. So is it okay? This is an empty stadium. We want you to do your commencement. And And they had three cameras on stage. And they had four drones circling wow. the stadium. So this dude must be thinking, hey, I'm a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, they want to make sure that this is okay. Well, what happened is, is this is all bullshit. There is no high school James Madison. And they were taping him in front of the, the 3,044 empty chairs because each chair represented a kid who had died of gun violence that would have graduated in wow. 2021. Wow, that's just from that one year? Just from this one year? No, I think I think any kid that would have graduated in 2021. Oh, I see, but still, yeah. 3, 000, you know, it's over 3,000. They, By the way, they also invited some other guy, John Lott, uh, who was a gun advocate to speak as well. They probably would have invited yeah, right, 100 exactly. if they could. So the dudes do their speeches and they go home for the night. Then they get a call in the morning saying, hey, by the way, the great or the, the the ceremony has been canceled because there we got some threats about gun violence that's going to happen. <laughs> He's like, oh god, that happens all the time. <laughs> right. Those freaking guns, am I right? Right. So, <laughs> so, Jeez. so that afternoon they released the Oliver's released these these videos of him giving the speech in front of an empty wow crowd, and it has gone completely viral. So no matter what your political leanings are, yeah, this is good shtick. Well, it's a pretty good trick to play on him, but I wonder if it's legal. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I hate to bring that up, but I don't, I, you know, you know, the don't get me wrong, the left has a whole lot of faults. Yeah, but our shtick is pretty on. You know, we got Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, you know, yeah. we got the yeah. Olivers now. So yeah, at yeah. least for shtick value. Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I have a story uh, that's kind of similar. Actually, it's about a bomb threat. Um. Police say an Iowa man attempted to get revenge on his local McDonald's, which people do, because, and this is totally understandable, he was shafted out of sauce for his chicken McNuggets. Those bastards. I know. Ankeny police arrested Robert Goldwitzer Jr. on Saturday night after he allegedly threatened to blow up the restaurant and punch an employee over missing condiments. <laughs> so they contacted him. The sauce-craving suspect admitted to making the threats, and they arrested him and charged him with a felony charge of making a false report of an explosive or incendiary uh, device, uh-huh. which is a, that's a felony. Yeah, of course. Um now, this is not the first time something like this has happened. In fact, uh, bomb threats are a very common thing. Uh, in January of 19, a 23-year-old college student in France called in a fake bomb threat so he wouldn't have to see his parents. This is a true, <laughs> that's a true story. In November 2018, a New Orleans man accused of threatening to blow up a local restaurant told police he was referring to a bowel movement. I want to blow it up. I, you know, I, that, I, I, all I meant was, you know. you know, was it the guy at Starbucks this morning that maybe it might, it might have been that guy. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, but you know, when I was in high school in Germany, it was a time when the Red Army faction was running around, mm-hmm. and I went to an American high school, and there were bomb threats all the time. They they were threatening to kill Americans mm-hmm. all the time, and one time a senior at my school, when I was like a sophomore, called in a bomb threat. So he could get out of a test or something. Jim. Um, And they caught him, arrested him, charged him with a felony, 
and convicted and sentenced him to 20 years in prison. He was a 17-year-old kid. Now, the American military does not mess around with a a bomb threat. But uh, I just want to say that as a warning to kids who who read stories like a wacky McDonald's saw, Uh, that guy's going to jail. Yeah. And he's going to jail for a long time. And it's because he didn't get the honey sauce. (laughs) You yeah, know, right. or whatever sauce they have. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, so don't be stupid, kids. You know, I've never called in a bomb threat, but I'd be lying to say that I wouldn't have considered it. Like if I had an afternoon Chuck E. Cheese yeah. party that I had to go to with the kids or something. Yeah. I would, you know. Yeah, I can't, I can't say that it never crossed my mind. <laughs> right, I just Especially never pulled the trigger. When, when, you know, when I was in high school and we would go out, you know, every, like, once a month, all right, the alarms are off, bomb threat, everyone go outside. And we'd say, you know, I think I'd do myself, hmm, yeah. this is not a bad idea. Right. But, you know, this was in the days before caller ID and mm-hmm. stuff. But they clearly had a way of tracking you. <laughs> caller ID has totally fucked the crank call <laughs> business, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting on my phone now, scam likely. Do you get that? No, yeah, I get a, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you get a call, scam yeah. likely. Yeah. What if your name is scam likely? Well, you know, we've talked about this. What about like these uh, movies where they get a last second call at the prison yeah. right before they're about to execute <laughs> right, the guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't make that prank call anymore. <laughs> right, right. They're like, hey, what is David Stern calling <laughs> here for? Well, this is the governor. I want you to give a reprieve to Bugsy Malone. Yeah, you can't oh, do just that. kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. So. Paul McCartney and John Lennon can't call Pete Best anymore. I know. Exactly. Uh, It's ruined shtick for years and years and years. Um, Hey, you know, you can subscribe to us. I heard. I'm saying you. I'm not saying you personally. I already do. I guess you can. I already do. Uh, If you're listening, subscribe. Yeah. And you can subscribe everywhere. It's Google Play. and There's not a a podcast platform in the world that that, that we're not on. And you can also leave a review. Yeah. And Chris left a review. Okay. And it was very nice. And we appreciate this very much from Chris. These dudes are the kings of casual banter. <laughs> the topics are hot. Yeah. Has anybody, has that yeah. word ever been used to refer to anything with us? No. Uh, the topics are hot. The retorts are funny, but not forced funny. It's the kind of funny you expect from your funniest friend when you're hanging out in his basement and his mom, and his mom brings in lemon squares and iced tea. <laughs> It's wow. the perfect leisure podcast. Oh, that's very kind of nice. made me hungry. A yeah. little hungry. Okay. Well, thank you very much. What was his name again? Chris. 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 Thank you, Chris. All right. It's time for another feature in the show. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. Now, you know, I wrote a book. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show oh, called good Every God. Cup Ever. Good God. And, you know, we like to, uh, in the studio wall segment, go into our archives. And it turns out there, it, we could do a, a thing from the archives every week from the Cubs mm-hmm. book, Every Cub Ever, because there's so many great mm-hmm. stories. But I save it for big things, like, like this week, June 30th, 1959. You know what happened at Wrigley Field on that day? Uh, June thirtieth, fifty nine. Well, there could have been, the Cold War could have been a bomb threat. Uh, no, no, it was not a bomb threat. The White Sox were going to win the pennant that year, but yeah. it's Wrigley Field. I have no idea. Jim. Okay, well, just so you know, at that time the Cubs were horrible. Yeah. You know, one of the worst teams in baseball. 
Um, but one of the most unusual plays in baseball history occurred on Wrigley on that day. Somehow there were two balls in play at the same time. Hmm. And this is how it happened. It all started when a missed strike three got away from the Cubs catcher, Sammy Taylor. Taylor, thinking it was a foul ball, didn't go after the ball. The bat boy, also thinking it was a foul ball, picked it up and tossed it to the announcer, Pat Piper, who was... Get your pencils ready. Pencils and scorecards (laughs) ready. Piper saw that the batter was running to first base, so he realized it was a live ball and let it drop at his feet. Third baseman Alvin Dark ran over and grabbed it. Meanwhile, the umpire gave the catcher a new ball out of habit. In the confusion, the runner on first base, a little guy named Stan Musial... (laughs) Uh, made a run for second. Now, Cubs pitcher uh, Anderson took the ball out of Sammy Taylor's mitt, threw it to second base at the same time as Alvin Dark threw the other ball to second base. Ernie Banks was covering second. Both balls came at him at the same time. He caught one. The other one got away. He tagged Musial with one ball while Bobby Thompson got the other ball. Uh It was just mayhem. Uh, thinking that the real ball had been tossed into the dugout, Stan Musial kept on running, and he scored. And the umpires had a very long discussion about this play on the field before finally ruling that Musial was out because Ernie tagged him. The Cardinals protested the game, but it turned out not to be necessary. Can you guess why it was not necessary? Because the Cardinals ended up winning. The Cubs won the game anyway. Or the Cardinals won the game anyway. You know, so we have a lot of listeners throughout the, the world. Yeah. As you know, we're our number one podcast in the world. <laughs> I, have you ever tried to explain baseball to a, to a European? Yeah, I had my father. Yeah. Uh, it's Well, football is probably harder to explain, but baseball is still a very hard game to... Um, the thing that he could never get past, my dad, was the uh, two strikes and you got a foul ball and you can just do that forever. <laughs> He's like, so wait a minute, you get three strikes... The first one, if you foul it off, yeah. that's a strike. You foul off a second one, right. it's a strike. You foul off the third one, it's still strike two. Yeah. That makes no sense. Uh, yeah, and the and and the weird force rules and the the infield fly rules and whatever. So I yeah. really was. I'm really hoping that Europeans were in the stands at Wrigley Field, going, "This game is fucking ridiculous." <laughs> the other thing that used to drive my dad crazy was the grammar. You know, uh, it, because he's like, it, it, it wasn't, uh, he didn't, it wasn't, he doesn't fly out. He flew out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flight out uh, is not proper grammar. What, what my dad always would, uh, bothered my dad is when they gave the innings pitched, they would yeah. always go uh, like 6.1. Right. For <laughs> one. it's not. It should six, be 6.33. 6. <laughs> right. I know. My dad is like, oh, what is this? This is stupid. <laughs> Their math is incorrect. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we still have a lot more uh, stuff coming up. Give me a one-sentence uh, explanation of your next story that you've got for everybody. Um, Hawaiian shirts and Dave. Okay. Mine is don't critique the cook. Uh, we also have a, a celebrity story. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for sending out your uh, email asking for that. And we'll tell you who our big celebrity guest mm-hmm. is. All that is coming up right after this. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. On And Friends, we decide that it's wrong to masturbate during Zoom calls. But oh so right to be prowling for cougars. And wondering what a soybean-oiled penis tastes like. Listen to And Friends on Spotify. Opishows.com. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Rick Kemper, co-host of Free Kicks. While Adam is in Vegas celebrating his 50th birthday and England's victory over Germany, 
I bring in a, a guest host, Paul M. Banks, author of Transatlantic Passage, How the English Premier League Redefined Soccer in America. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. I've been on Zoom quite, as everybody has been, yeah. you know, over the last 18 months. I've had a shitload of Zoom calls. Right. I mean, and I'm teaching at the, at, when I'm teaching, I... It's all via Zoom. It's all, well... It used to be in here. Yeah, it's, but it's, it, yes. I mean, literally hundreds of Zoom calls. Right. So this definitely, this story definitely um, resonated with me. Woman wore the same Hawaiian shirt to 264 Zoom meetings and nobody noticed. <laughs> A woman attempted to prank her former co-workers by wearing the same Hawaiian shirt to hundreds of Zoom meetings. But the joke ended up being on her, Rick. The resident of Washington, D.C., whom Inside Edition identified only as Jackie, said she wore the shirt to 264 remote meetings between April 2nd and June 16th. I was like... Wouldn't it be funny if I just wore the shirt again and that'd be a funny little joke and people would say something and then I'd, you know, and that would be it. Well, no one said it. No one said it after the second time, the third time, the hundredth time or the 264th time. Um, keeping the gag going continuously. She's like, well, now I can't stop. Right. Because right. I mean, yeah, then, sure. then it would be stupid. <laughs> Finally, she spilled the beans. She took another job and she spilled the beans on her last day of work. Yeah. Okay. The reaction was not what she expected. When I told my team that I'd been wearing the same shirt, they didn't know what I was talking about. They hadn't noticed. And then the intern literally said, on purpose? <laughs> uh, you know how you're talking about that prank at the beginning yeah, of the show right, yeah. and, and uh, how great that prank was? This one turned out to not be so great. <laughs> but I got to say, I can totally see how that what? happens because at some point you just, you know, I think they call it Zoom because you zoom out, well, zoom, you know, Zoom fatigue. So what I do at the end of every semester, I do, I compile a little wacky, like slideshow of our, of, of what happened during the semester. And what I do is I take screenshots because the university, um, they record all the Zoom sessions okay. because the kids love to binge watch them yeah, over the sure. weekend. They say, hey, what are you doing? Are you watching another Dave? <laughs> yeah. For, yes, I am. I'm binge watching. Uh, so. What I would do is I would take screenshots of different, like, weird facial expressions I have. You know, if you stop it at any split second, you get right. wacky faces. Right. And what, and it's do you know, like, the one shining moment at the NCAA yeah, tournament? Sure. So I kind of do something like that. And I splice in that. Jeez, you know, that's a lot of work. Oh, I know. I know. And I can't tell you how many times I know. It's like, oh, man, I wore that shirt like nine times that semester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a story that is going to reveal a little bit about my personality that I probably shouldn't reveal, but I'm going to anyway. Cynicism? Uh, no. You'll see here. A woman, um, this is uh, from the Daily Mirror in the, the UK. We get a lot of our stuff from the Daily. We do. God bless them. A woman has refused to cook for her husband's friend whose wife died of cancer after he criticized her cooking and gave her tips on how to do it right, <laughs> like his late wife. Sharing her story anonymously, the woman said the man named Dale was heartbroken after the loss of, of his wife. Mm -hmm. So she offered to cook meals for him, which is very nice. Helping through a difficult mm -hmm. time. 
It soon escalated, and she found herself cooking up to five meals a week for Dale, <laughs> and things went from bad to worse when he started to complain. Soon he was giving her tips on how she could improve her cooking, texting her to explain his, how his late, late wife would repair, prepare the meals and how she could make hers better. Have you ever heard of tarragon? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those complaints were quite indelicate or harsh. I started feeling irritated, especially since Dale kept texting all the time. And even when I didn't respond, he'd text my husband and say, hey, what's going on? <laughs> You know what? I bet Dale wasn't even married. <laughs> and Dale uh, and her husband said, hey, come on. It's a phase. You know, be right. nice to Dale. He's going through a tough time. But it wasn't a phase. Dale became even bolder and sent the woman a text asking her to cook a meal for him and a dinner party. <laughs> Guests were coming for a dinner party he was throwing. But, but and then he said, but not the chicken dish you made last week. That wasn't dinner party worthy. <laughs> Dale, this is a prank. Dale is totally pranking these, this woman. So, needless to say, she said that was a step too far. Yeah. She didn't respond, and you know, whatever. But she was complaining about it on a uh, online thing. This is where the Daily Mirror gets their stories. But I understand yeah. that because to me, that's a line that cannot be crossed. If someone is cooking a meal yeah, for you, yeah, it has to be. You the, do not bitch, right? Exactly, right. It, this is now my new dress code violation, overreaction okay. thing. You know, when we were young, younger, yeah. when we go out to bars and somebody wouldn't let me in because of a dress code violation, yeah. I took that very personally, <laughs> and I would get very upset. I never understood why that. Made, and you knew what the dress code was because, because they, it, it, they were saying to me, "You're not good enough to be in here." I would do like a hex dance. I would. <laughs> Do a dance where I would, would try to get their business to go out of business. And yeah, yeah. It might have been a little over the top. Because <laughs> now I don't really remember why I got so upset about it. Um, but I'm getting to that point now when people criticize my cooking. Yeah. it's just Because I cook dinner every night at our house. And I, and I used to just grin and bear it. I'd accept the complaints. But I recently hit a zero tolerance level okay. for any critiques of any kind. And uh, unless someone is on fire, if you, unless you see that a meal is on fire, shut your trap. <laughs> shut your <Yeah>. trap. <laughs> and if someone bitches, and it could even be my wife. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean can't even? And, and, and I'll hear something like, uh, you know, did you put salt, oregano, right. cumin, paprika, pepper, thyme, basil? <laughs> if I hear something like that, or why don't you do it on the grill, yeah. broiler, frying pan, you know, yeah. or, you know, can you make it with less cheese or yeah. more cheese? I don't like tomatoes, olives, garlic, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. I stop cooking immediately yeah. and I just say, that's it. Or I remove the food from the table, make your own effing food. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and I had a meltdown last week. This is, this is not going to Well, I'll take it easy, Rick. <laughs> no, you take it up. easy. <laughs> Dale should not have asked this woman. To, I'm telling you. And I had a meltdown like this last night at, or, or last week at my mom's house. She asked me, she called me up. Mm -hmm. She said she had this fish. That, you know, a friend of hers had caught in Lake Michigan. Come, Can you come over to my house and grill it for me? Because that's, she asked me to grill stuff for Well, you're the grill the guy. I've I'm, been, I'm I, grill I've guy. seen your work. It's actually I'm very quite good. I'm good at yeah. it. So I went over there and I was grilling and both Bridget and my mom were hovering like, yeah. do you have the grill set right? Yeah. You know, should it be wrapped in more foil? Right, right. Did you season it enough? Right. Did you season it too much? I, you know, and I just snapped. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I said, I literally do this every freaking day. I know what I'm doing. I resign. It's all yours. Cook it yourself. Yeah. And I went and sat down yeah. and left the fish just on the grill. Yeah. And they finished it. Uh, you know, they went over there and took care of it. And they were like, geez. 
Um, but I don't think they're going to do it again. <laughs> don't. Yeah. So what my wife does. Okay. You know what I love? So it? am I a little over the top? On that? Well, no, I'm totally on team comfort here. Uh, you know what I love is when we start telling something about our wife and we start whispering. Yeah. <laughs> My it's wife a, is not in the house right now, so I can say. Yeah, but, but it's I, a podcast. Yeah, she gets, she gets down. She never listens. <laughs> uh, so what Michelle will do is I'll be cooking. She goes, what can I do to help? And I get as far, you know, find the room that mm-hmm. is the farthest away from the kitchen and, you know, read a book. Yeah. You know, take a little Michelle time. Right. This is not a group project. <laughs> no, it is absolutely not. Because you take over. <laughs> well, and Mike, I don't know if your did your kids go? Well, you guys, I think it was very early on in your parenting. You made a point that everybody has to come down to dinner. Right? Yeah. That's like, yeah. that is a thing. We have dinner every night. Well, so we, we're like an Airbnb. You, right, you, you know, yeah. I mean, our kids are like boarders, you know, uh, and part of it is that we always have other kids running around and some of the other kids aren't always comfortable with, you know, Lila's kids. So I, I get that. But they'll just like they'll come down to the table and it's like the Simpsons. We eat as fast as we can. Everybody just bails. Yeah. You know? And they hate everything. I cook. <laughs> Absolutely everything. I could cook, you know, their favorite McDonald's and just. If, if they think I made it, it right. sucks. Yeah. yeah. If I put a McDonald's wrapper on it, it's great. Yeah. You know? I, I'm the same way. You know, I, I used to make three different dinners mm-hmm. uh, every night. And I'd say, because I know that, you know, Tommy doesn't like sauce on his chicken or. He only eats know, noodles. Right. <laughs> and, you know, so I would make, as I'm cooking, I would stop the cooking for the meat and put it to the side, you know, for him. You're like an air and, traffic controller. Yeah. And at some point I'm like, screw it. Yeah. You know. I'm yeah. cooking one meal. Right. Uh, anyway, know. I've tapped into something there. <laughs> wow. Deep and dark inside of me. Honey, how was your podcast? Oh, my God. Yeah, don't, hey, whatever you do, don't criticize Rick's cooking. Whatever you do. All right, here we go. It's time for another feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So I got a direct message on my Facebook page this week from somebody named Dandy Don. Ooh. I don't know who that is, but... Uh, Wasn't that Don Drysdale's nickname? Was it Dandy Don? Uh, no, I think it was uh, Don Meredith. From, okay. Uh, but it wasn't him because he's dead, okay. but uh, somebody like that, who uh, asked me, I uh, see Bill Cosby got released from prison. Have you ever met Bill Cosby? Oh. And the court... <clears throat> excuse me. The answer to that is no, I've never met him, but I have spoken to him on the phone. Mm. And I'll tell you how that worked. I was doing overnights at the Loop uh, as an FM disc jockey, you know, Led Zeppelin on the Loop. 22 minutes yeah. before o'clock. Right, exactly. <laughs> Along the lakefront, 33 degrees. Right, right. Here's Led Zeppelin. Um, but uh, on the other side of the hallway, you were at the Loop a couple times mm-hmm. with me. Um, one side of the hallway was the Loop AM and the other side of the hallway mm-hmm. was the Loop FM. And so when I was on the FM, Eddie Schwartz, mm-hmm. uh, Big Ed, mm-hmm. was on the AM. You know, one thing, I don't want to stop you here, which I guess I am. Ed Schwartz was like the nicest guy whenever I saw him in the halls. Yeah. He, he, to he me, was. he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, com- compared to some of the guys at the Loop, yes, he was very nice. <laughs> well, I was, I, I, well, when I say nice, he like nodded his head and acknowledged me. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. Remember our chat was uh, awful to you. <laughs> oh, God. He was awful. Oh, my God. He, I was on, I remember, I'll never forget this. I was on the phone with my mom and she was telling me how she wasn't feeling well. And again, to get into our, she had a little bit of a digestive problem okay. as well. Yeah. And she was saying, I don't know. I think you need to take me to the hospital. I feel 
dehydrated and whatever. I'm like, what? And the jet walks and he goes, all right, you out. I need the phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. And then sure, jet turned out to be like the, 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 the yeah, big buddy of ours. Right with him. But Eddie Schwartz was good friends with Bill Cosby. And Bill Cosby was on the show all the time. Well, one time I was walking in the hallway to head to my FM studio and the producer's phone in the producer's booth of the AM was ringing. And the and Mitch Rosen, who was the producer at that time, was in the uh, office or in the... Isn't these, he like running the joint now? Or? He's, he runs the score now. Yeah. But he was in the studio with Eddie and so he didn't hear the phone ringing. So I, just to be nice, went and answered the phone and it was Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Like hey, hey, you know I can't I can't do the Bill Cosby voice, but uh, and I and I put him on hold. That was that's oh. my full Bill uh, full Bill Cosby story. Well, we've got a. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when Father Knows Nothing uh, came out? Another one of your books. Yeah, we always mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. your books. And Hoover from WGN gave a blurb. Yes. Do you remember what the blurb was? It was yeah something uh, like. Uh, uh, he's just like Bill Cosby right. without the bad sweater. Right, or something exactly. Like that. Yeah. And your book was going to come out. <laughs> I do remember this. The day that all the allegations came out, or it was like a few days. You know, it was like a few days in there, right when all these right allegations came out. So I had to literally stop the project yeah, and get that blurb off of the book, right? Because yeah, the, if you if you buy a copy of Father Knows Nothing, which you probably don't believe that this is a true story, but you'll have to buy a copy of the book at EckhartsPress dot com right. to find out. That there's no Bill Cosby right. reference, but there would have there would have been yeah. one if it wasn't my cat like reflexes. Well, it, you know, I, I, my conversation on the phone with him was in depth. It was uh, yes, please hold. And, you know, it's the same as my well, conversation with, with Ringo, Ringo, right? <laughs> but that one meant, mm. uh, you know, Bill Cosby. I thought was maybe one of the greatest comedians of all time, mm-hmm. um, but he was already a cranky. You know, SOB mm. at this point. You know, he was the kind of guy who was going around lecturing all the other black kids, you know, to be, to stop being black. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shut up. That's not your place to do that. I, that was how I felt about it anyway. And then, right. when, and then when Bill Cosby said, you know, you should add a little more uh, cinnamon yeah. to your dish. Then <laughs> and then you the, the next the, thing I knew, I was being anally raped. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then, oh. I, I feel bad. Uh, the the women, there were sixty of them. Yeah, and he's out free. Yeah, that's yeah. just not right. No. Uh, All right. So uh, we have a big guest on the show this week, and not quite, uh, not quite Bill Cosby level. But so uh, I was watching a movie. Yeah, this it's called Passenger. It came out actually four or five years ago. It's with uh, Chris Pratt. That's his name, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, okay. Did, did you know this movie? They're in a. It's a space. It's like a sci-fi spaceshipy. Okay, yeah, I don't um, want. Anyway, so they were passengers and they went to sleep and whatever. Um, but the voice of the ship was Emma Clark. Do you remember Emma Clark? Emma oh, Clark? Of course, I do. Emma Clark is the you know one of the most famous voice talents in the world. She's the mind the gap lady. Oh, she, here, wait. I've got something for you here. You're listening to Minutia Man. Mind the flab. Mind the flab. <laughs> Mind the flab. Oh, she's kind of witty, yeah. too. Uh, so we had her on, I don't know when it was, a year ago or so, or two years or nine years, time flies. And we asked her, I don't know if you remember this, I asked her to send a message to my children. I do. Uh, would you like to hear what that sounds sure. like? Sure. All right, here we go. 
Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Would you mind saying, uh, Jul- uh, Julia, Aaron, and Lila, mind your parents? Because they do not ever yeah, listen sure. to us. Julia, Aaron, and Lila, mind your parents. Oh my God! All right, this, uh, this oh whole God. interview was worth. We it. love you. We love you so much. <laughs> if you'd like to hear the entire interview, listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview now on Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast, OpiShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Well, Dave, special oh. thanks to our executive producer Tony Lasano from OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows.com. Uh, also, special thanks to Dave for getting me a $6 cup of coffee. You can Venmo me. Uh, distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next oh. week. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Celebrating America this week. We'll <laughs> yeah. be back with another edition of Minutiaman. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On the Car Guys Report in Ford Automotive, we talk about one super freaking cool car as seen on the Route 66 TV show, plus cars that people loathed. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, and Old Pie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Now on Minutia Man Celebrity Interview, you'll hear our interview with Dave Vecchio. Yes, tell us who that is. Dave Vecchio is a really interesting guy. He's an ex-con, right? Which is awesome. He is an artist. His stuff is great. A little dark, but great. He's also a very accomplished actor. You've seen him in a ton of different shows. You can hear his stories, too. Listen to Minutia Man Celebrity Interview now on Google Podcasts, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Minutia. Fits.